It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm yours, Ben, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at our last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League as well as the Challenge Cup. We're also going to be talking the National Ice Hockey League with Milton Keynes Lightning. We've got the Bradford Bulldogs coming on the show as well. We're going to be talking the women's game with the Solihull Vixens, and we're going to be talking about the potential expansion of the Continental Hockey League. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. Later, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Milton Keynes Lightning. That's Lewis Clifford, who'll be coming on the show. We've got Andy Brown joining us too from the Bradford Bulldogs. We're also going to be talking the women's game as we're going to be joined by Saffron Allen of the Solihull Vixens and Great Britain. And we're going to be talking to Paul Newman from the Daily Mail. He's joining us this week to talk about the potential expansion of the Continental Hockey League and what that could mean for the British game. Uh, But before that, speaking of the British game, there's only one place we could start, and that's to last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League and in the Challenge Cup. And on Tuesday, for another roundup of last weekend's results, I caught up with BritishIceHockey.co.uk's very own, here's Mr Craig Anderson. Hello, Craig, how are you? Hello, Ben. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Uh, so, we've had a, a busy weekend. Uh, well, before we get to the league, uh, there's been a, a couple of Challenge Cup matches involving the Manchester Storm and the Nottingham Panthers, and it's it's kind of uh, it's it's settled, hasn't it, that, that group the, of the Sheffield Steelers, Nottingham Panthers and, and the Manchester Storm. Uh, two wins uh, for, for Nottingham, 4-1 on Saturday and 3-1 uh, on the road on Sunday for Nottingham. So, so a good weekend for the Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they've been looking for a sign of life recently. Their form hasn't been good. The fans haven't been happy. It just, on the face of it, just didn't look as though things were working there at Panthers. But they've made a couple of signings. It seems to have, have turned things around a little bit for them in that respect. Jake Hansen 
Um, the most recent signing has come in and has really proved his, how useful he is. He's um, scored a number of points already since uh, joining the team. But they needed that at the weekend. You know, the thought of Nottingham Panthers having to um, enter a play-in round to qualify for the last eight of the Challenge Cup would have been um, quite the come down from them, considering they've got an excellent record in this competition through the years. Um, so for them to, to come through that, that weekend test against the Manchester Storm, I think is a very pleasing one for, for Tim Wallace. And just, there's just one uh, Challenge Cup game uh, this weekend, and uh, it's almost academic. Coventry Blaze uh, taking on uh, the Guildford Flames. In fact, it is academic, isn't it? What am I talking about? Uh, completely academic. Guildford have already won the group, and uh, Coventry can't catch Cardiff. Um, so, um, it'd be an interesting one that, one, that one for both head coaches, how, how they approach that game. Yeah, definitely. When you look at Guildford, they've actually won the last four Challenge Cup games, which is what's got them into the winning that group and into the, the quarterfinals. So they've been going well of late. And I think a trip to Coventry is never an easy one for any team, no matter who it is. Um, Coventry have done quite well recently with some results. They've picked up a couple of defeats along the way. But at home against Guildford, they'll fancy their chances. It's a chance to get two points. It doesn't change anything in the grand scheme of things in terms of the Challenge Cup. But uh, no, it should be an interesting one anyway for both teams. Now, here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast, uh, we, we like to think of ourselves, I mean, it's been two months of the show so far, uh, but we like to think of ourselves as, as cheerleaders uh, for the British game. But also... If, if we spot things that are problems, that we, we can safely raise them. And, and Craig, you've wrote in your blog about the Challenge Cup and, you know, some of the things that might be going a bit awry with the competition format. What, I, I just I just don't like it. I want to like it. You know, I worked for the league for long enough. I, I should like it. I just don't. I mean, how, how do you get three groups out of ten teams? You know, it's, it's just something that's never sat right with me. I get there's a... A reason behind it. There's a, a financial reason behind it. You know, when the league had ten teams before, there was there was two groups of five. But but in the the old days, inverted commas, there was the four Scottish teams in Belfast were in one group, and then the rest in the other. Well, we don't have Edinburgh anymore. It's Guildford who've basically taken their mantle, and Guildford's probably as far south as you can get. So obviously they have to take. Um, the, the cost into consideration when it comes to travelling to these games so the, the, in their wisdom they devised a, a three group structure where the top three go through in one group uh, the group of four and the top two go through in the other two groups of three and then the bottom teams in the bottom two groups of three play in a, in a play in round a ninth game You know they've already had eight chances to prove they can go through then they can't so they get a ninth game as a lifeline and then the team and the bottom of the four-team group only plays six games, and that's them that they're out. So it's really quite strange how they've done this. Um, I'm not a fan uh, of the of the, co- the competition, the way they've structured it. I don't see why you can't have two groups of five, just have a random draw. Yeah, teams will take a hit, other teams won't. That's just the nature of a draw when it comes to cup competitions. And then you have the, the top two in each group's going into a semi-final. I don't even know why we need a quarter-final. Why do you need eight teams out of ten? It just uh, completely baffles me. And that's even before I get to pick your opponent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you forgot about that. I, I told you that off air, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, I mean, just, I mean that, that's a concept I don't like as well. You know, in any in any other cup competition, you know, you get a draw that's kind of predetermined. Why don't they do that? First in Group A against second in Group B and vice versa. Why go through the razzmatazz of, of having someone announcing who they're picking? We, we've seen one tie decided already that Dundee Stars are going to pick uh, Glasgow Clan for the quarterfinal as they are, they've ended up top seeds. I, I don't I don't get that it adds anything um, to, to the competition. I really don't. You know, you, you can get a, you get a fair idea of who a team would pick anyway. Um, Dundee Stars are maybe picking the clan as, as the lowest-ranked team, which is why they've maybe done that. And that's going to happen. You know, it's, it, just, it just beggars belief that 
that they think this is a good idea. You know? And as I say, I want to like it. I want to get on board with it. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I just prefer a cup competition to, you know, to, to remain the luck of the whole thing. And, and that's I think that's what bothers me. Well, that's our Challenge Cup uh, look at there. Uh, don't forget, you can read that blog on britishicehockey.co.uk as well as the five things we learned, which we'll, we'll touch upon in a second or two. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll leave the Challenge Cup to one side now uh, for, for the time being and focus on the league. Uh, lots, of, lots of matches taking place on Saturday and Sunday uh, in, the, in the Elite Ice Hockey League. Sheffield Steel is still out in front, uh, but it was uh, only one win over the weekend. Uh, we unfortunately jinxed the Guildford Flames for their Saturday match. Uh, Sheffield Steel is five, Guildford Flames three, uh, but Guildford bounced back on Sunday, beating Sheffield by four goals to two down in Surrey. So uh, a mixed bag of results there for the Steelers, but they'll be happy considering how good Guildford have been of late. Yeah, and again, this is something I touched upon in the, the Five Things article. Guildford are a team who've gone about their business quite a lot. Nobody seems to be speaking about them. Uh, I, th- I think I said it's eight wins in the last ten, albeit four of those have been in the Challenge Cup. To look at the league form in isolation, it looks a bit up and down, but over the course of the last the last month, um, they actually have gone really well. So the fact they've split points with Sheffield Steelers this weekend is a good thing. You know, it's easy to forget that Flames have a core of players there, a lot of whom are there for a third year. They know each other inside out. They know how they play. Um, I highlighted the fact that Ian Waters is on form right now. He's picked up 11 points in the last uh, six or seven games as well. So there's a guy who's on a bit of a streak right now. Guildford are not a team to be ignored. The league position, I would say, is deceptive. I know it's always said that league tables don't lie. I think in the case of Guildford, um, when you look at their overall form, I think you can make an exception there. But yeah, you know, two points for either team. And I think Aaron Fox, the the Steelers coach, was reasonably satisfied um, as well. I think the fact they're still top of the league as well. Uh, that, that, that says a lot about what he thinks of the weekend. Uh, the team currently sitting in second is the Belfast Giants. They've had a great weekend, haven't they? They beat uh, Coventry twice. Uh, firstly, in, in Ireland uh, by four goals to one. And then on the road back in the West Midlands, uh, Coventry blaze three, Belfast Giants six. That's a very satisfying weekend that for uh, Belfast. I said last week that you know it looked as though Belfast were starting to, to find their way back, and that's certainly been the case. When I looked at the league table on Sunday, you know, imagine my surprise when I saw Belfast up there. Not because I'm surprised they're even up there in the first place. The fact that they've gone from the sort of mid to lower half of the table, but you know, highlighting that with the fact that they had played fewer games, but they're right up there, um, which is, is phenomenal. I just knew that when Belfast got that away win under their belt, it, they would start to motor a little bit, and we're seeing that now. I think that's five or six wins on the trot now. So, yep, they're, they're finding form at the right time. They're over the, the European adventure now and concentrating fully on domestic matters. And we are starting to see what this Belfast team's all about now. And they have got games in hand, haven't they, over over Sheffield? Uh, so that's that's interesting. But uh, mm. one one point back, we've got the Glasgow clan, and uh, you touched upon it in the five things we learned on the on the website. Four attempts it's taken, but Glasgow have beaten Dundee. Finally, yes, <laughs> uh, that was something. What, Zach what were the scenes on. like? What what were, I imagine great scenes there uh, after after finally doing it. Oh, they were pleased, certainly. Um, Dundee have been a tricky team for Clan to play against this year. The speed has been a problem. Um, but Zach Fitzgerald has looked very closely at Dundee and, and where, he can, where he can beat them. Three goals over a 90-second period in the, the second period certainly helped with that. You know, Suddenly, Clan went from being a goal down to winning 3-1, so that put them in a good position. Didn't stop Dundee. You know, Omar Pasha couldn't fault his players for, for the effort they put in. They, they certainly 
put a lot of shots across uh, Patrick Killeen, Killeen again on top form, but just couldn't find that breakthrough. They got a goal near the end through Colton Croker, which made things a little bit more tense, but Clan managed to, to hold out defensively. They were they were sound in those final minutes. But no, the fact they've got that result over Dundee, I think gets a, a little bit of a monkey off their back. Um, you know, it was two heavy defeats to Dundee at the start of the season. Then it was a slender loss last week up in Dundee. So to finally get one on the board, it's a start. It's not been a good weekend uh, for Dundee. Uh, they were beaten by the Cardiff Devils uh, on Sunday by four goals to two at home as well. And that, that's that's opened up a bit of a gap now between uh, the top eight and Dundee. who uh, four, four points is the gap now. Um, they played a few games more than everyone else as well. So not a good weekend uh, for the Scottish club. No, that's only one win in nine. And that win came against Glasgow Clan last week. So that, that gives you an idea of um, just where, where it's going wrong for Dundee at the moment. Uh, Omar Pasha, I think, is... It's still upbeat about his team. He still, you know, talks them up at every opportunity, and rightly so. There are some talented players in there, but collectively they're just not finding the right formula right now. They just can't seem to get a victory. Of course, you're looking to them to, to bounce back on Sunday at home to the Cardiff Devils, you know, and that's a tough one as well, especially when the Devils have come off the, the defeat in Fife, which I dare say we'll come to in a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a bit of a gap there. Manchester are with them um, underneath that, that black line, so they need to start getting results soon, I would say. Let's talk about that Fife win then. Uh, five Flyers, five Cardiff Devils, one. Um, obviously, Cardiff bounced back the following night, but that's that's a great result for Fife. Um, where did that come from? Good question. Um, they needed, I think it was a case of needing more of a performance, but no, they actually got the, the result as well and, and by all accounts did it in style. Terrific victory for Five Flyers. They needed something um, to show that this team, there's something about them. I think we spoke last week about the Five coach um, starting to sound the clacks in a possible change, which you know, is something he, he's, th- he's always threatened in the past, but he's never actually carried out. Maybe that, maybe that reverberated around the team that they felt they had to pull their finger out and they, they certainly did. Paul Crowder getting a hat-trick against his old team. James Livingston, um, who was part of Cardiff's team that won the playoffs last year, getting a goal as well. So four of those goals, you could say made in Cardiff coming from Fife, but a great victory for them and badly needed as well. And it's good to see there is life about Fife. Absolutely. Well, uh, matches uh, this weekend then in the Elite Ice Hockey League. Uh, loads of games uh, fo- uh, on, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, firstly, on Saturday, we've got Nottingham hosting Belfast, Glasgow hosting Fife, Dundee hosting the Storm, and Cardiff Devils will be hosting the Sheffield Steelers. Whilst on Sunday, uh, Nottingham hosting uh, the Belfast Giants again, uh, Fife hosting Dundee, Glasgow will be travelling to Coventry, Manchester hosting the Sheffield Steelers, and the Cardiff Devils will be travelling down the M4 to take on the Guildford Flames. Uh, what, what's your pick of those fixtures there, Craig? I'm always going to say Glasgow and Fife. Um, I, I've I've seen I've, I've been at a Nottingham Sheffield derby. And yeah, it's passionate. The fans get behind it, but you really don't feel it like a Glasgow Fife derby. I would recommend anybody, even any neutral, who who gets the chance to go see a Glasgow Fife derby, come and see it. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud. Um, I'm back commentating on it this week after my, my, my spell announcing. So I'm really looking forward to. Um, to cover in this one again. They're always great games. They, those games never, ever disappoint. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, Just before we finish uh, this bit of the show, let's just talk about the um, the national division of the National Ice Hockey League as well. And uh, a big weekend uh, for, for Swindon. They've opened
opened up a, a two-point gap now. Um, they they've uh, they beat uh, Milton Keynes Lightning on Sunday. That follows them beating the Raiders on Saturday. So a big weekend uh, for for Swindon. Um, Telford they did get a win on Saturday, beating Leeds, but they were beaten by the Hull Pirates on Sunday. So it seems like seems like a seismic weekend for Swindon. Huge weekend. That's eight wins in a row for them now, going very well at the top of the table. But bear in mind, you know, Telford two points behind, but Telford have got a game in hand, so that's something to note as well. Um, Steel Dogs getting a victory after four straight losses was, was big for them against the, the League Chiefs. Um, Basingstoke Bison had a four-point weekend as well, so they were understandably delighted with that one. That puts them in the top half of the table. Still all to play for, um, but still, you know, it's still strange seeing Milton Keynes lightning down there. So much expected from them. Um, you know, at the start of the season, I just hope that they get something sorted out soon and they can, they can find the rhythm that they're looking for. But I'm really enjoying the look of this league as, as someone on the outside looking in. It's, it's really fascinating um, seeing the teams come to the fore as they are. But Hull and, Hull and Sheffield, the two teams that did so well in, in IHL 1 last year north, um, you know, a little bit flagging, but I think, you know, these things, you get your ups and downs in every season. You'll see them back. Up there, I think I highlighted in five things that Steel Dogs have got four, dare I say, favourable fixtures um, coming very soon. Two against Leeds, um, and the other two I can't remember off the top of my head. I wrote it down, but um, Raiders was one of them. Milton Keynes was the other one. That's right. So you know, teams in the bottom three places of the table. Wins in all four of them, you could see them right back up there. And uh, Craig, just before we go, we've we've touched upon various little little bits and bobs that are feature on the British Ice Hockey website. But uh, what what's coming up in your world over the next seven days or so? Just look ahead to, to what's happening um, over the course of the weekend. I'm looking at uh, a story at the moment uh, where I live in, in the air. There's, there's maybe one or two things happening there, so I'm going to chase that up um, in the next phone call after this one as it goes um, just to find out what's happening involving kids hockey around here. So that's maybe one to know. Hopefully we'll get something out by the end of the week on that one um, and just keep your eye on the website, basically. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk and as we were discussing there, the National Ice Hockey League National Division is certainly taking shape. Uh, but for Milton Keynes Lightning, it's very much a transitional season uh, for the MK club. But for more on the Lightning, on Thursday, I caught up with their head coach. Here's Lewis Clifford. Uh, well, Lewis, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, obviously, it's been a, a tricky start to the season uh, for, for Milton Keynes. Uh, but but how, how are you settling in as, as head coach? Yeah, it has been tricky, like you said, um... You know, um, obviously, um, it was a tough, a tough rebuild in the summer. Um, well, say rebuild, a tough build. We're starting from from pretty much scratch, so it was tough to uh, get a team uh, in the first place down on paper. And really, it's been frustrating because I've not really been able to see that team play yet. Um, you know, I've, I had, um, I worked out a couple of weeks ago. I've I've had a a fully fit and present team for only ten minutes this season, Ooh. which is ten minutes of the first game. So yeah, it's been. It's been a frustrating start, but, you know, no excuses. Um, you know, we've not been quite where we should be. Um, but, you know, I do believe that we are sort of trending in the right direction right now. I mean, performances are improving. It's noticeable when we when we look at the score lines. You're not being blown away, are you? That's for sure. Well, a couple of times we have. And, and on those occasions, you know, the, the guys know that the performance wasn't acceptable. I've never questioned the effort. The effort is there. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just tough when you've got such key key parts of your roster missing, you know. I'm actually playing right now and have been for a considerable number of weeks with, you know, all three of my captains um, out of the lineup. And that's obviously going to have an impact because you've got players playing sort of further up the the depth chart than they probably should be. Um, Guys taking way more ice time than they should be. And all those things sort of contribute to uh, mental errors and, and fatigue mistakes later in games. 
and it's not just it's not just the rebuilding job on the ice. Obviously, there's a lot of rebuilding work going on uh, off the ice as well with with the club more generally. Are, are you satisfied that you know it's it's heading in the right direction now as a club? Yeah, I mean, off the ice, um, if I'm honest, you know, the people that that I work alongside or or you could say that I work for have been absolutely fantastic. You know, um, that you know we don't spend any money that we we haven't got. But we make sure, you know, everything's covered. All, all the, the bills get paid. Everyone gets their wages on time. Um, all the equipment, you know, we don't buy anything on credit. We pay for everything up front. And I think that's the way it needs to be to rebuild this club. You know, obviously, I've had to go back to the, you know, to the, the board of directors a few times and say, please, can I bring in someone else? Please, can I bring in another goalie? Please, can I do this? Um, you know, and so far, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I know I couldn't do that another 10 times, but... As it stands at the moment, they've been absolutely fantastic and nothing but supportive. We've got a good um, sort of core support here that have been here for a long, long time. And they, they generally, you know, they're quite understanding of the situation and they know it, you know, it's going to take a period of time for us to, to rebuild the club back to sort of what it was a few years ago. And how important is it that you've got this spot in the in the National Ice Hockey League as well and rather than the Elite League? Because the Elite League, you'd be you'd be like running on a treadmill, wouldn't you, at a thousand miles an hour? And it's not it's not the best uh, situation necessarily to, to go through this rebuilding uh, stuff that's going on at Milton Keynes. So uh, how important is it that, you, that you've got this level now to, to play at and to develop at? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the league, the league we're in now is is sort of a level of hockey that I'm I'm familiar with and I'm comfortable at working at. You know, actually, arguably, you know, if you've got the budget, it's probably easier to recruit an elite league team because you know you're, you're looking for what 14 imports out of a pool of hundreds of thousands of imports out there that you can you can pick from. So recruiting the team for a, a two import league when you're relying on needing you know 15, 16 Brits. It is a lot harder, actually, to, you know, because we're all going after the same players. But for, from a sort of uh, a financial stability point of view, you know, um, we have to make sure that when we're recruiting a team, when we're putting a team together, there's a lot of things that we have to consider. Obviously, the initial player budget being one, but, you know, housing, you know, we can only house so many players. Then So the next sort of group of players I'm looking at are players that live within sort of an hour's drive from Milton Keynes. And, you know, and it's quite it's quite confusing, but... It, it can. It takes a long. It's a long process. There's a lot of. Um, it's like a jigsaw that doesn't really have a determined determined shape. So you've got lots of these different pieces that you need to stick together. And and I was fine with doing that. You know, it would it will take probably another off season to get it exactly where we want it. Maybe even another two off seasons. I don't know. Can't necessarily quantify these things. But it's been a it's been a learning process for all involved. Um, I've been a head coach in the, the National League One. For a few years, I've been an assistant in the EPL for for quite a long time, the old EPL. Um, but I've got more involved in the actual sort of club and the, the business side of it, which is something that, you know, I, I wasn't that familiar with. But I'm, I'm quite enjoying learning more about. Yeah, and it seems like you're all very determined as well to, and like you say, it's it's good that it's not being rushed because uh, that would be the worst thing I think at, the, at this stage. So, uh, what's your prognosis for 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 where you see the future of Milton Keynes as as a club? Um, I think uh, I can't really speak for the long term future. You know, I've got a job to do, and I'm I'm here for a, as long as I'm here for. Um, I think what we need to do is you know keep stabilising. You know, I, I I'll talk about things that happen on the ice. So we need to get all of our players back. We need to start winning games. And once we start winning games, we need to start winning games consistently. Uh, we need to start moving ourselves up in the table. And come the end of the season, you know, look at what players we want to retain, what players are happy to come back here. 
um, you know, and what, what players we or areas of the team we might look to upgrade on. So I'm dealing with what happens on the ice, um, a little bit of what happens off the ice, but pretty much my sole focus is how can I get this team winning? And then once we do start winning, how do I make sure we don't stop, if that makes sense? Two big games this weekend. Uh, Bratnell Bees uh, on, on Saturday at home and the Sheffield Steel Dogs away on Sunday. Um, both games, really, the, it's it's not beyond all realms of possibility, is it? No, not at all. I mean, we've lost um, we lost one game away against Bracknell in overtime, you know, so there, there really was not much to separate the two teams. Um, well, actually, sorry, penalty shootout. Um, and then... We lost at home to Bracknell by one goal, which was, in my opinion, the the worst um, the worst we've played. The last five six minutes of that game, it, it was the worst this team's played so far this season. So you know, but you know, cutting that that element of the game out, which I'm very hopeful we'll never see a repeat of. I, I fancy our chances against Bracknell, but it's no game in this league's easy. So. It's not like we can go, oh, you know, we've come close against Bracknell a few times. Like every single team in, in this league keeps you honest. Every team in this league keeps you working hard for 60 minutes. Plus, you know, if you go to overtime and, you know, it's going to be a, a hard game. And then same again on Sunday. You know, we've had a couple of close games um, with Sheffield. We played them pre-season as well and both the games were close, but we haven't managed to solve them just yet. But, you know, we're going to play them a lot being in that Northern Conference. So... Um, we've got we've got to find a way to beat Sheffield, and once we we find that that formula, we have to keep uh, tweaking it to make sure that we continue being able to you know to get good results against them. Lewis Clifford there from the Milton Keynes Lightning speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast, and we'll be returning to the National Division of the NIHL on next week's show. And shortly, we're going to be going a couple of steps lower than the National Division as we're going to North Two and the Bradford Bulldogs. Andy Brown, head coach of the Bulldogs, will be joining us shortly. But before that, it's to an interesting story that emerged on Monday in the Daily Mail. Paul Newman reported that the KHL are looking at two possible locations with a view to expanding in the UK. And for more on this, I caught up with the Mail's Paul Newman to find out more. So, Paul, a big thank you for joining us. And, uh, well, this is very, very intriguing, this this news report here about uh, KHL expansion in, in potentially to the United Kingdom. Um, what, what's your understanding about, about where we are at the moment? Yeah, it is very interesting, Ben. I think I um I went on a trip uh, to Russia at the weekend uh, at the invitation of the KHL, actually, uh, which was a great thrill. It all goes back to when uh, Torpedo, one of their teams, came over to play uh, the British team as a warm-up for the World Championships, and they invited me up to a game at Nottingham, and I was happy to to accept. And then they said, "Would you like to?" Uh, come over to, to Russia because we're having a, a media trip and, and it managed to, to, I managed to fit in with my, my other commitments at, at the Mao and uh, it was fantastic. It was, a, it was a, an extraordinary um, uh, trip. It was a fantastic level of ice hockey and we had an audience with the president, Dmitry Chernosenko, um, and he, um, and I basically asked him about London because obviously there's been rumours for some time and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people in British ice hockey, this won't come as a complete surprise because it's been rumoured for some time and he, was very open. He said, "Yeah, we're very interested in expanding to um, to Britain. Um, the KHL's in a good place. They were talking about how they've turned it into a, a profitable organisation over the last five years. How uh, how it's improved substantially uh, in terms of fan numbers and and the uh, professionalism of the outfits. It's a it's a, it's a very impressive setup actually. Um, and uh, he he basically said that um, um, England." Uh, is very much on their map. Uh, one of the one of the countries they want to come to. He also mentioned Paris, and he also mentioned Seoul in uh, South Korea. 
they're the three ones next on their on their list. Um, he was all cautious about the timescale. Um, I believe, you know, from further investigations, I believe this was actually quite close, maybe a year or two years ago. But as relations between Britain and Russia are taking a little bit of a nosedive, uh, I think it, that, that has held things up a little bit. But it's still very much on their agenda. Uh, the, 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 and uh, the president said he's spoken to two possible um, franchises. One is based out of uh, Reading, in which they hope will be a new arena in Reading. And the other one is very much London, at what I believe to be the Wembley Arena. Um, he also emphasised that uh, they didn't want to rush into this. They wanted to make absolutely sure they went to, they jumped into bed, as it were, with the right people, and that if there was a franchise, uh, it had to be for the long term. They didn't want it to, to be one of these to just fizzle out uh, over it after a year or so, because obviously the KHL is a major commitment. It's based in six countries, not just Russia, and, and, and I'm sure, as, as, as most of your listeners will know, there's a team as far away as China. Um, so this is a major financial commitment as much as anything else, but I think the potential for the British game is huge. I mean, we've, yeah, I was about to touch upon the fact that, you know, it is obviously a very Russian-centric competition, but like you say, they are in, in places like Finland already and, and in China, like you say. And and there yeah. has been, you know, it's not just London, is there? There's, there's been all kinds of rumours over recent years about expansion maybe to Milan and, like you say, to, to Paris as well. Um, I mean, how, how difficult is that, though, politically, do you, do you think, for the game? Because obviously there's, there's uh, other European competitions involved in this as well. Yeah, I, w- I would hope it would be... Um... Uh, not insurmountable. I mean, I think it would be a, a boost for the British game. I don't know whether the elite leagues see it that way. I don't know if they would feel threatened by this. I don't think they should do. I think it would be separate to the success of the elite league. It would be a new audience. Obviously, in the old Super League days, we had the London Knights, who were, I would suggest, a qualified success. I used to go along to watch them quite a lot when they were around, and they never quite filled the old London Arena in Docklands, um, but they had decent crowds, and and, and um, the Super League sort of came and went, really, um, not quite matching the ambition, perhaps, that it had at the time. But the Elite League is a fantastic league, I think. I think the quality and the standards are excellent. Um, and, and, I, and, and politically, I, I don't think there should be a problem between the Elite League and the KHL, I think it would be a new market. It would be um, top-class ice hockey. I mean, I think it's the second-best league in the world after the NHL. The two games I saw at the weekend, which was uh, we involved Dynamo Moscow, and then we went up to um, St. Petersburg. And they, they were just fantastic. They were, they were um, capacity crowds of 12,000, um, great atmosphere, um, top-quality ice hockey um, with um, mainly Russian players, but not all Russian players. In fact, just recently, Devontae Smith-Pelly of Washington, Stanley Cup winner a couple of years ago, has, has joined the Chinese team in Beijing. Um, so these are these are top quality players, and and I think it would be, uh, I mean, the, the politically on on between the British and, and Russian governments, that could be where the problem lies. Uh, as we know, relations are are, are stretched a little bit um, at the moment, um, are a bit shaky, but. Uh, I, I don't think that should be insurmountable. There's not exactly uh, a cold war going on. Um, I think it's finding the right people, the right investment. I don't think they would need to be Russian owners, but I think that any any barrier to it should be insur- uh, should be surmountable. I believe. Uh, obviously, the Toronto Wolfpack in rugby league and what the NFL's been doing with various games at Tottenham and, and Wembley. Geography is is now no longer an issue. It's it's more a case of expanding markets and that kind of thing, and that kind of leads me to. What 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 would the NHL think about this, perhaps? Well, I think it would be the, the relations between the KHL and the NHL seem pretty good, actually. Um, I don't think they're in the in the mood for 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 expanding this way anytime soon. I mean, obviously, we saw 
Um, Chicago played in in Prague, I think, didn't they? There's a there's a season opener this year. We've going back to 2007. We had two NHL games at the O2 Arena in London. But um, I don't think they're they're in the mood to to expand uh, into Europe. We know there's a chance for it happening with the NFL, and uh, we could easily see an American football team at um, the Tottenham Stadium before too long. But I, I think the NHL will be happy about it. Relations, as I understand it, between the KHL and the NHL are good. There's a lot of talk about them having an annual game if they can fit it into their calendars between um, their top team and the, and the top NHL team, which I think would be fantastic. From what I saw last weekend, the KHL are trying to take the best of the NHL practices. There's talk they're going to reduce most of their ice sizes to, to NHL size ice to help prepare their players better for when they, they go to the NHL, their best young players. Um, so... I think the NHL would be quite. They might. They might be intrigued by it, but I think they would be perfectly happy with it. Um, it would just be as as um, the president of the KHL told me that it, it just would need to be the right owners. We would need to see uh, that there was a, a fan base for for a London a team. Uh, I mean, the Reading one is an interesting one. It's a little bit out of town, isn't it? Mm. Personally speaking, I hope it is in in uh, in London at the, the Wembley Arena, ideally. Um, so we will we will just have to to see, but. Um, as you say, I mean, it's a, it's a, sh- a shrinking world these days that these guys do do an awful lot of miles. Uh, the team based in China in particular are always on the plane, uh, by all accounts. Uh, Joker of Helsinki, you mentioned them, Ben, the Finnish team that are in the KHL. They, they're, they're obviously, the mileage is huge, but these guys are paid very well. There's a lot of money in this league. Um, it, it's good money. Um, I think it's, it's something like a million dollars a year for the best players in, in KHL teams. They don't declare their salaries at the moment. Um, but um, and obviously we know that Ben O'Connor came close to joining the KHL team not too long ago. You would and, and when I mentioned his name to a few KHL people at the weekend and they remembered him. Um, I think there was a change of ownership of the club he was going to go to and it didn't work out. He spent some time in Russia. We know that earlier in his career. So I think it would be I you know you'd, you'd hope that a couple of um, the top British players would, would feature in this team if it ever came about. You know people like Bounds and O'Connor would be marvellous to see it in an English um, KHL team. Someone like Paul Thompson as coach may be, and, and away you go. And, and um, uh, I, I think it's hugely exciting, personally, and I think there'd be nothing to fear from it. From a British ice hockey point of view, it'd be fabulous publicity for the sport. Um, the little story I did at the weekend attracted quite a bit of um, um, interest. Um, we've got the national team at the top level of the World Championships. I went to Slovakia for, for that Um uh, early in the summer, and it was fantastic when they when they survived. Really thrilling when they beat France in overtime. Uh, I'm headed, I'm hoping to head back to uh, Lausanne to uh, to watch them again next year. Uh, so it, it's 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 happy days for, for for British ice hockey really, and I think the KHL could only could only sort of um, boost that really. Paul Newman there on the potential expansion of the Continental Hockey League to these shores, and uh, you can follow Paul Newman on Twitter. That's at Paul underscore Newman. DM and uh, I'm sure we'll be coming back to that story as things develop uh, but from the Continental Hockey League to North 2 of the National Ice Hockey League now and the Bradford Bulldogs they had a great weekend last weekend beating the second team of the Blackburn Hawks by 20 goals to nil uh, that sees the Bradford Bulldogs out in front up at the top two points clear of the Hull Jets and on Friday morning for more on the Bulldogs I caught up with their head coach here's Andy Brown um, well Andy a big thank you for joining us and uh, just before we get to the season more generally just a big congratulations uh, for last Sunday's victory um, double figures is one thing but but 20-0 that, that's quite a scoreline uh, yeah 
wasn't the prettiest games, to be honest. I don't, I don't think anybody really wants to do that to any team. But the, we kind of relaxed towards the end of the game, and as as we relaxed more, it kind of flowed more. And we ended up scoring more goals, which seems a bit silly, but uh, that's the way it went, really. Um, not nice for Blackburn, but um, you know. Is what it is, I guess. And generally, though, the the start to the season uh, for the Bulldogs has been has been very very good. Obviously, you you played eleven games and and, and you're top of the table. Uh, how, how has the start been? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, we, we 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 improved the team over the summer, so we were expecting to do okay, I think. But looking round, it looked like everybody else had made improvements too. So you never know how you're going to get off. Uh, we're sat here now in a in a comfortable position, but. You know, Parkman says perhaps we should be unbeaten right now. Um, so perhaps we've actually dropped two games that, that we shouldn't have done. But uh, we're, we're in a good position. So, yeah, it's, it's a good start. It's quite, a, it's quite a race that's going on up at the top as well with the, the whole Jets and, and the Senators not too far behind. Uh, what, what do you make of the competition more generally? Um, I think it's much tougher this season. I think Hull probably have the strongest team with regards to depth. I think they're... I think they're probably at the moment they're front runners for the league, but you know anything can happen. But you know you, you look right down. You know we've played the likes of you know Widness and Deeside, who are perhaps a little bit lower than they'd want to be. And those are good teams. Those you know I'm not sat here thinking that we're going to win all four games against teams like that. So you know there's going to be lots of uh, twists and turns. I think as the season goes on, teams are going to pick up points and, and lose points and have good spells and good runs. And you know you know at the moment we're on a good run. We, we've got a tough weekend ahead of us. We, we may not take any points out this weekend. And who knows, you, you, you may then lose three, four, five on the bounce and suddenly you're back into the mix and, you, you know, you're fighting to try and, you know, clinch your top four spot again. So, yeah, it could, it could really go anywhere, I think. And and when it comes to the Bradford Bulldogs more generally, obviously it's, it's a club that's been around now for, for, for a long, long time. Uh, it's uh, Just give us a bit of a, an idea of the, of the scale of the club because it's not just a, a first team there, is it? There's, there's lots of teams uh, beneath that. Yeah, we've got a full junior setup, which we're quite proud of. It, it does very well. I mean, the club's been running for over 40 years. Um, back sort of when I started, the junior teams were predominantly lower B league teams. And then, you know, we made some good progress and we, we got promotion to, you know, the, the top flight at junior level. And, you know, we, we won a couple of national championships, which is nice. Um, and it's you know it's good to see some of the kids come through, which is the main reason why we've got the senior team. Um, you know we don't have a facility in, in Bradford actually to sort of facilitate a higher level hockey. So what we do want is we want these kids to come on and, and, and go on and do bigger and better things than than what we can provide because we're probably always going to be a, a B League team unless a, a new rink opens in Bradford. We like to think that obviously with the new rink in Leeds, we can perhaps be a feeder team for them as as well as others. And you know many of our other players have gone on to play at much higher level, which is, which is great. But you know we we took a few bands in Sheffield the other week, given given the opportunity to bring a few a few younger players through. And you know we brought young Alex Lutwich in to replace Butler in defence, who's probably one of the most experienced teammen in the league, I'd say. And uh, you know Alex has gone in there. Jumped straight on first line defence. Never played senior hockey before. Uh, he's picked up three points. He's on a plus 16. I know two games against Blackburn, but you know he, he played fantastic against Witness as well. So it's good to give that opportunity to, to those youngsters. And that, it's it's important, isn't it, for the development of the game? And and, and I know you're you're you've got a vested interest in this as well as as you're the under 16s assistant coach for for Team GB. So I mean that's. That's a bit of a pat on the back for you and and, and, the, and the Bulldogs as well, because obviously a lot of great work's being done there. Yeah, it's a great honour to, to be asked to coach GB uh, at any level. Um, I think I think 
they're putting in some some work to get GB16s off the ground over the last few years. They've tried to do it and it's not really run successfully. I think they've probably got a better mix this year. So we've we've only had one trial so far, but the trial was was uh, was good. Um, it was promising. There's some 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 good talent at that age group. For myself, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity. You know, Mike's the head coach there. Uh, Mike's got a lot of experience, probably more predominantly at, at senior level. And Ian, the other assistant, is, is is more of a senior coach. So I don't know if I was brought in more to, to link the two between the senior and, and juniors. Because they are still kids at the end of the day. But, you know, GB16's level, it's it's more run like a senior team. And, you know, the drills and, and, and the way we structure the team is, is more like a senior team. And uh, obviously, uh, you touched upon um, this back to, back to the, uh, the Bulldogs, and you, and you touched upon uh, the big weekend that's coming up, and it is pretty big, isn't it? I mean, you've got a home game on Saturday against Altrincham, but then you've got that top of the table clash away at Hull Jets. Um, how, how's preparations going for this weekend? Yeah, preparation was good. I mean, we, we had quite a relaxed training session on Wednesday. Um, you know, we, we still play us down Saturday. You know, we'll be missing. With, with the suspensions and injuries, we'll have nine normal players out. So, you know, to, to think you can beat any team in this league with that many players missing, um, I think I think you'd be a fool to, to think that. So, it'll be difficult on the Saturday. Obviously, Sunday, like I've, like I've already highlighted, I think Hull are probably the strongest team in the league with regards to depth. So, you know, even with some of the boys back in, we still do have some injuries as well. So, there'll still be a few missing. Um but it's going to be tough, and I, you know, I said to the boys on Wednesday, we'll keep it light. We'll just, you know, get the tempo going, uh, keep it fun, um, and see if that can roll into the weekend. See if we can pick up four points. But on, you know, on the other side, if it could it could be a weekend where we don't pick up any points, and that's that's how it is this year. I think anybody, with respect to Blackburn, without them, I think anybody else can take points on the day. Bradford Bulldogs head coach Andy Brown there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And you can follow the Bulldogs on Twitter. That's at Bulldogs N-I-H-L. But that's nearly it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. But last week, uh, we did touch upon the Women's Elite Ice Hockey League. And uh, we were joined by the Queen Bees and uh, the Guildford Lightning, of course. Uh, But there was a big game which took place last weekend, uh, which we were building up to. The Queen Bees were travelling to the Solihull Vixens, a vitally important game there up at the top end of the Elite Ice Hockey League. And it was a big, big win for the Solihull Vixens. The Bracknell Queen Bees suffering their first defeat since April 2017. It finished Solihull Vixens 5, Queen Bees 4. And playing in that game was Saffron Allen, and uh, she joins us now on the other end of the phone. Uh, so, Saffron, a big thank you for joining us, and uh, a big congratulations. Uh, that's uh, that's a hell of a victory there. How how was the night? Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was great. It was uh, a long time coming. I think we've we've come quite close to to taking uh, the win against Bratnell for for a little while now, and it was it was great to finally get um that win and as I say the last time they lost was was against Solihull but it was uh back in 2017 at the playoffs so it was a long time coming but um but yeah no it was a great game and that's made it very very tight up at up at the top of the elite league now just two points separating yourselves the Queen Bees and, and Guildford um you've got a game in hand over the Queen Bees as well so it, that that's a great result but how, how's the start to the season been more generally yeah good um it, it's nice to have such a competitive league um you know for many years Bretnall have been kind of almost unbeatable at times you know um teams would work hard and you know harder and harder each season but still not you know, touch them. So it's nice to have a really close um, table so early on in the season. And um, yeah, I think this season's going to be really, 
really quite a tough one and really you know quite a competitive one from from quite a few teams which is really really nice to see and this this is this bodes well for the women's game more generally. Obviously, like you say, I mean the, the competition um, is is improving as has improved this season. So so how how, how do you think the, the game is developing in this country? I think yeah, definitely. I mean um, we've got a lot of young talent coming through, um, a lot of uh, females that are sticking and playing through the junior boys system as well, which gives them you know more ice time, more training, um, more games, and a slightly different angle onto a onto a game you know the boys is you know quicker um you know more aggressive whereas the the women's game i i feel is more skillful and technical um but you combine the two when you've got the younger players coming through that are playing both you're gonna you're gonna produce some really really good players and so yeah i definitely think um the women's game here is is developing and i think that is um that is showing in the women's league and as i say like games like um ours at the weekend are are showing that it is improving and, and it's getting closer here. Now, obviously, you scored you scored at the weekend as well. We should say, but you you don't just play for for Solihull. You also play for for the GB team. And uh, how how is that having a knock on effect? Do you think for the uh, GB team? Because I think recently there's been some junior camps, haven't they, and under eighteen camps. So um, it, it looks like that that's developing quite nicely too at international level. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, the eighteens are up in Dumfries at the moment, playing in the Four Nations tournament. Um, we've got players from Solihull that are up there competing. Um, which is which is really nice and yeah I mean as I say that going back to my last answer you know the, the younger talent is developing and that'll have a knock-on effect for club hockey and um, the senior GB team um, so yeah it's quite it's quite exciting and um, yeah it, it's good things to come I think. And, and, spe- and speaking of the Great British team as well obviously we spoke about uh, junior levels there but at a senior level as well uh, we, we spoke earlier in the season to uh, Ice Hockey UK about about uh, the internationals that are coming up it's it's looking like a, a busy schedule heading heading towards the World Championships and beyond. It is and I think it's uh, one of the best schedules we've actually had um, we've had a training camp or a couple of camps already um, on ice and off ice um, we've got a friendly game coming up on the 24th of November um, and then we enter the under 20s cup um, so we compete in a number of games against the under 20s um, junior boys teams um, in the run-up to March um, so so that'll be a great run-up um, I think the more game time we have as as have as a team the, the better we go into the World Championships in March. So, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when it comes to uh, the Solihull Vixens, more, more generally uh, as a club, uh, the, the website solihull-vixens.com, is, is, it's a cracking website. It's, it's up there with, with some of the best ones I've seen in the, in the British game. So uh, how, how's the club developing uh, this season? Yeah, I mean, we, we all pull together as players. Uh, you know, one of the players does run the website. Um, you know, uh, myself and someone else runs the uh, social media, and it's just I think you know we unfortunately we don't have you know we're not a professional team like some you know the men's are. We haven't got people to do those kind of things for us, so we pull together closer as a team um, because it's it's us players that has to do it. But no, it's a it's a great club. Um, we are developing. We're getting you know as I say lots of young players and good talent that is making you know GBA teams and um, and teams like that, the England teams. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, is a, it is a great club, and um, yeah, we can we can see that we are developing by, as I say, like results like the weekend against Bretnor. Yes, absolutely. And you've got a bit of a break though now, and uh, the next game is going to be at home to, to Streatham. Um, everyone looking forward to that one. That double it's a double header at the end of the month, isn't it? Because then you you travel to Streatham as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, I mean it's quite nice 
Um, I quite like kind of games weekly to kind of keep in the swing of things. So it's, um, yes, unfortunately, we do have gaps in the season where there's weeks off because we, you know, because of how many games we get a season. But um, yeah, everyone is um, raring to go. It's always an interesting game against Streatham. And we've, as I say, we've got them twice at the end of this month. So they will be good games. And yeah, we're carrying on to train hard and um, hopefully continue the season how we've started. Safran Allen there from the Solihull Vixens and uh, you can follow the Solihull Vixens on Twitter. That's at Solihull Vixens. And uh, that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. But I've been Ben and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.